Temptation is a part of life, right? You know, you walk around, you live your life, you are going to be tempted. It's a part of life. Those kids this morning were told something that was cool is that those kids had a promise, didn't they? They had a promise that if they were able to say no just long enough that say no, they were going to get another marshmallow later on. That's a promise. That was a cool thing. The problem was, is the object of their desire was staring at them right in the face, wasn't it? It was right there. It was, it was, those those kids, it was almost impossible for them to say no, right? Why? Because it's right there. It's so easy for us to say, well, hold on. Done. Okay, good. Um, It's so easy for us to look at those kids and say, well, they're kids, that, you know, that's cute, that whatever else. But, you know, our issues and our things get a little more complicated, but the reality and the truth behind that is the same thing for us as it is for them, isn't it? It's hard for us to turn and walk away from temptation when it's in our face and we're stuck with that. Sometimes the object of your desire, when it's right in front of you, it's so easy to, 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 to give in to because it entices us away because, man, it's right there. That, again, so easily and so well depicts, I want to talk about this morning, but before I do, I've been talking through the Lord's Prayer for the last uh, few weeks. Now, of course, last week I wasn't here. Uh, I was at with, with my grandma's uh, funeral. Thank you for your prayers and your concerns for us. We appreciate that. So I wasn't here last week, but uh, the last few weeks we've been talking through uh, the Lord's Prayer. We call the series the model. We know that the Lord's Prayer, you probably at some time have heard the Lord's Prayer recited, maybe in church or you see it on a movie or, or whatever else. And we've seen that, we've heard that, uh, talked about, but the power of the Lord's Prayer is not it's being recited, it's in its original intention. You see, the disciples heard him pray. They heard Jesus pray and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so he does, and what we have in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, go ahead today and turn there, what we have is we have the, the Lord's teaching on prayer, or, the Lord, or a model to show us what prayer is supposed to be all about. And it's a pretty cool thing. And so we've been kind of walking through the Lord's Prayer uh, moment by moment. And so with, without further ado, let's read together this morning, verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6. And it says this, this is Jesus talking, this then is how you should pray. Not, this is, this is how, this is what you should pray, this is how you should pray. This is a model for prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So Lord, before anything else, I want what you want in my life. And then he continues right here in verse 11, give us today our daily breads. We are invited to pray for our needs, but not necessarily for our greeds. And forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. We are debts and debtors. We, have, we need forgiveness, and we need to offer forgiveness. We're in both places. And then verse 13, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The enemy wants us, In one of two ways. He wants us either dejected and depressed, 
or he wants us prideful and arrogant, right? It's interesting, this message is this week. I've planned to preach this for a while now. And, you know, we've had some good things happen in our church in the last few weeks. We've been growing. Uh, we've had some great, just great times. Uh, it's been cool in my own life and my own leadership of our church. Uh, God began to give me some really good uh, direction as far as moving us forward and moving the needle forward in our church. Uh, it's been exciting. Some of you guys know that. Not all of us do. I don't have time to get into it today in detail, but there's some cool things God's doing in our church right now. And add to that, uh, we've been getting some really cool blessings. We've gotten, uh, gotten some blessings recently. Someone gave us a bunch of sound equipment. My old church gave us a bunch of sounds we, we really needed to help our sound system for free uh, this last week. What a cool blessing that was. Uh, you know, God's been doing some cool things. And into that comes my last Thursday. Anyone ever have just one of those days where you're just like, that is just crazy? It's one of those days, right? It was, it was not a good day. Uh, uh, Thursday, I was, we had just come back from traveling for several days from, for my grandma's funeral in Michigan. I was tired. I was emotional. Uh, you know, we had slept in a different place every night. Uh, it was just a crazy, crazy week. You know, we got back. Our van started acting up about halfway home. Uh, come home, discover it's going to not be cheap uh, to fix it. You know, those kind of things. I get home and uh, the girls are cranky. Uh, things are happening around the house. Some things that I had been planning on. My plans are no longer going to work. Uh, personally, I mean, just, it was just one of those days all on Thursday. It was, it was a rough day. And then add to that, I discovered that night, I forgot my iPhone cord in a hotel in Michigan. You know, I mean, it's just like adding insult to injury. I get home, my phone's dead, I want to plug it in, I forgot my iPhone cord in a hotel in Michigan. I mean, it was just one of those days. You know, and I felt and I sensed my heart, which was pretty, doing pretty good, start to go down and down and down and down and down. My wife reminded me, she said, Steve... You always get like this when things get tough. I'm a planner. I like things to be, I like to know when things are going to happen. She goes, Steve, you got to remember what you've been preaching. You have to trust God to the situation. And I was like, babe, you're so, so right. See, what was happening in my life is I was starting to go down, 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 and down. You see, for us adults and for other people, our marshmallows are not these sweet, puffy uh, little things. Our marshmallows can sometimes be bitter. They can sometimes be frustrating. They can sometimes be wonderful blessings. But yet, if we're not careful, what happens so often is we take the bait of Satan. We take the marshmallow. We, we begin to be tempted and walk in our temptations and walk and, 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 and do those things. We find ourselves depressed and dejected. Or we find ourselves haughty or we find ourselves... Uh, just, just full of ourselves or, or whatever else. See, folks, this is the, real, the reality this morning, is that what temptation tempts us to do can kill us. It can destroy us. It can destroy our lives. It can destroy the promise that God has placed in our lives. And, and the enemy knows that, so he puts in our mind, he puts in our lives, he puts before us right there a bad day or a difficult this situation, or a bad car repair, or this or that, a marshmallow that we easily take, we find ourselves walking away from the promise and the blessings of God. And he wants us in one of two ways, depressed and dejected, or prideful and arrogant. Let's read again this morning, verse 13. It says, and this is, this is praying, this is us praying to God, and lead us not into temptation. You know, that's an interesting choice of words, isn't it? Lead us not into temptation. 
Now, how many of you, be honest this morning, how many of you have actually sat down to think about what that seems to be saying to us? Lord, lead us not into temptation. You know, that, again, that's an interesting choice of words. I mean, admit it this morning. If we take that to its logical end of what it, it seems to be saying at face value, we have to ask the deep theological question, what? Does this mean that I'm, I'm supposed to ask God to not lead me into being tempted? Again, think about this thought to its logical end. Does this mean, this is a big question we need to ask this morning, does this mean that God leads his children into temptation. Because if we're supposed to ask him, if we're supposed to say, God, do not do this, and that means, that must mean that we are, that God maybe, at least at some level, leads his children into temptation. Is Jesus saying that if I don't pray this prayer, that God will lead me into being tempted? Now, usually when we think of temptation, we think in terms of what? Of bad things, right? Of sin. I mean, about 10 years ago, a show was on TV called Temptation Island. Hopefully you never watched it. Because I never watched it, but I remember watching TV one night and seeing the commercials for that. I thought, I cannot believe that this is on TV. It's crazy. It's so crazy. I still remember it after all these years. And, uh, you know, the premise of the show was exactly what it sounds like. It was pretty bad. And so temptation, if you see a show like that, uh, turn the channel, uh, run as fast as you can over to watch Wheel of Fortune. Uh, it's probably not good because there's going to be something there that's going to bring temptation. Now I want to pause for a minute this morning. And, you know, today is Super Bowl Sunday. And, uh, you know, the enemy likes to work in, in small little ways. And, and one way, and I want to encourage us today, is we watch the game. I'm going to be watching it and, you know, go, uh, go Seahawks. Patriots are going to lose today. But, uh, you know, um, as you watch that, I want to be, be, ask you to be careful of what you're allowing into your eyes, your eye gate today. You know, I mean, if, for instance, you have the, the halftime show. Man, watch out what's, what's going on there. We have some entertainment, some things that are happening during the halftime show. It's probably going to bring temptation. Be careful there with those things, okay? It's okay to turn it off and go get a snack during, during halftime, you know? Because it is important how we take care of what's going on inside and coming inside of our lives, right? It's important to us. It's, it's valuable to us. The enemy looks for marshmallows to get us to take the bait and to walk away from God's blessing in our lives. Temptation does that. So if I take this scripture, Lord, lead us not into temptation. If I take this to its natural end, is God tempting me to do bad things? And if I don't ask him to stop them, I might just do it. And if I do it, Will it be because God led me there? Again, at face value, look at that scripture. Is that what this is saying this morning? Lead us not in temptation. You see, again, temptation is the internal push to do something that's wrong. Now, this is a challenging scripture, isn't it? I, I'll be honest with you. This week, I sat, and I, I knew I was preaching this this week. I sat, and I worked, and I sat, and I thought, and I read, and I prayed, and I, I processed this scripture a lot this week. It's a challenging scripture. Because what it seems to be telling us is that God leads us into temptation. So our prayer is to be, God, do not lead us into temptation. Now, if that's true, if that's the way it really is supposed to be, then James missed it by a mile. Look at James chapter 1. We'll go to verse 13 right here. And, and 
It says this, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. People that are skeptical of the word and of its validity and its truth, they feed on things like this. They will tell you, man, the Bible's full of errors. This right here is a big one. They'll tell you the Bible's not true because things like this exist. Jesus and James are almost like they're on two separate ideas here, right? James says, uh, says, God is not tempt. He will not lead you to be tempted. Jesus says, Lord, lead us not into temptation. Who's right and who's wrong? We are left with a big, big question right here, aren't we? This morning, the scripture definitely seems to be leading us towards the idea of temptation. Read, let's recontinue here. Uh, again, let's read James 1.13. It says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God's tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he does not tempt anyone else. So that right there is very clear. God does not tempt us to do evil. Let's continue verse 14. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us. And drag us away. Now, now, this has to do, at some point, Jesus is in his prayer, in the, in the, the Lord's prayer, is talking about temptation. And how James describes it here is he describes this in kind of a violent way, doesn't he? I mean, drags, entices us, and drags us away. When I read that, I think of uh, an old cartoon when you're a kid, and back when they were still good, I think of the cartoons... Uh, where you got the caveman, and the caveman's got his big old wooden club, right? And he's waiting for his prey. He clubs on the head when it goes by and, and drags it off. Now, usually that's his girl, right? And so, uh, thankfully, that's not how it works anymore because my wife would never have gone for this. Would not have worked. But uh, you've seen the, the, the cartoons. He, he, he finds it, he waits in the corner, and then there it is. Bam! Hits on the head and drags it away at, off to wherever he needs to go with it. That's the word picture here of what temptation does in our lives. It sits there. It waits. It's a marshmallow that's sitting there right there in front of us, enticing us and challenging us, and it's right there. So we take the bait and walk away. Bam, it takes us. As the Bible says here, it drags us away. That's not the only imagery here that this speaks about, though. Uh, it also continues to talk here. Let's continue in verse 15. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So not only is there the picture of this violent act of popping on the head, there's also the picture of this birth that happens. It's not the birth. It's not some cute little cooing baby that's, that smells good and all happy and all that kind of stuff. But no, it's a disgusting death, a birth. It is a birth of death in our lives. There are promises God's given his people and, and temptation and taking the bait will all the time short circuit what God has in our lives. That's why he's told us so many times, be careful what you allow into your lives because it can and will destroy you. It gives birth to death. When it, knocks, when it knocks you in the head and drags you away, it gives birth. I think that's why so many people who are caught in the clutches of sin find it so hard to walk away from it. 
Because this scripture right here is so accurate. It's like this, this outbreak that happens in life. It's just, it's there, it happens, and bam, it starts to grow and gets bigger and bigger. And before you realize that you are so stuck and so caught in sin that you just don't know how to get out of it. Yeah, I want to leave. I want to walk away. I, I want to, but it's taken everything in my life. It's taken me over. And that's the, the imagery that the Bible gives about temptation and why it's so important for us to be careful what we allow, be careful the marshmallows we allow in front of our eyes. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. We are in a spiritual battle. A temptation has the potential to destroy us. And the problem is it's, it's oftentimes easy to take it, looks so sweet, but uh, this morning we, we still haven't made peace with a big question yet, have we? Does God lead us into temptation? Does God lead his children into temptation? And so my answer this morning is this, it all depends on how you define the word here, temptation. Now the Greek word, you knew it was coming, the Greek word for temptation here is the word parasimos. Parasimos is by itself, it is not a, new, a negative or a positive word, it is a neutral word. Parasimos is neutral. Parasimos has two meanings. It has two somewhat different meanings. Parasimos can be positively translated as being a trial or a testing. Now, no one likes trials or tests, right? I mean, I hate tests. When I was in school, I, you know, a teacher was going to give a test, I groaned. You don't like tests. But let's be honest this morning. Some of the best times, the biggest growth times of my life have been the biggest challenges and the biggest trials, right? Anyone else with me, with me on that? But there's times in your life when you walk through a difficult time, a, a, a tough time, a testing time, and you, you get through it, you walk away from it, you are stronger, you are more full of faith, you are, you are in better shape, you think differently, you're clearer. I mean, all these things happen because of this test. So if that's the case, isn't the test actually a, a positive thing? Probably is, isn't it? See, test can be positive. Parasimos can be a positive word. Parasimos here can be that. But also, parasimos can be a negative word. And it's negative connotation. It's, it's negative word. Uh, parasimos means to seduce or lure or solicit to do evil. So when the, when the translators translated this part of the Lord's Prayer, they translated the word parasimos as being the word temptation. So God does not lead us into temptation. Is actually the word God lead us not into parasimos. Lead us not into testing or trials, however you want to translate that this morning. There's two very different meanings. And Scripture is full of examples of both. Really, in James chapter 1, there's two places, James chapter 1, uh, verses 3 and 13, the word parasimos is there, translated both ways. In one place it's negative, in one place it's positive. So that's throughout scriptures. Of course we know this happens throughout the rest of scripture too, right? Or the rest of language. We have lots of words that we have that mean very different things and different connotations, right? For instance... Last week, here's a little story. Last week, I was sitting in a green room. If you're a musician, you get that. I was sitting in a green room with green walls, counting all the green that I won for my friend. His name was, his name was Joe Green. What happened? Joe and I bet on the Super Bowl. 
and uh, the, the, uh, the, the Patriots lost, Seahawks won. I like blue and green, okay? And so we, we bet on that, and of course, I let it ride on next year's Vikings winning Super Bowl. I lost all that money, and so it's all gone. And so there's a, there's a, a moral of the story this morning. First of all, gambling is stupid. Don't do it. But the second one this morning is this. I just used the word green six times with five very different meanings. And, if you, and we get that because we get the connotation of what it's being spoken. The connotation around the word helps us to see what I'm really saying in those, t- in those situations. Your answer to the question, does God lead his children into temptation, is going to be radically affected according to which one of these meetings Jesus is communicating in Matthew chapter 6. See, James 1, and really the balance of scriptures, shows us which side of parasimos that God is on. God is on the side of testings and of trials. God will not bring you into evil. He will never tempt you to do evil. Now, I've talked before with people who say, Pastor Steve, I'm, you know, in, in counseling, I'm struggling right now, and the temptation is so great, it feels like I have no other option. And I've heard people say, I think God is tempting me to do this. And I would say, absolutely not. You are not being tempted by God to do anything wrong. You are there. You are being led there. You are sitting in the midst of temptation, but no one's holding it to your head. The choice belongs to you, and it belongs to me. What to do in the face of parasimos? So the question is, does God lead his children to temptation in a sense of directly per, and personally seducing to do wrong, the answer is always un, emphatically no. But here's a key a statement for us to understand this part of the Lord's Prayer. What God gives as a test or a trial is also almost always used by the enemy as a temptation. What God uses as a test or a trial is also almost always used by the enemy as a temptation. I found that in my own personal life this week when I was tempted to start being led away by being, by being worried and being frustrated and concerned about all of our financial issues. I felt this test turn into a temptation to stop believing God is able to do what he needs to do in my life. I was going down, 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 and down. You see, God gives us opportunities to grow and to learn. There's two places. There's, there's two opposing directions. There's promise or there's pain. There's one choice. What God can use to, to put strength in our lives, what God can use to put faith in our lives, the enemy can also use the same thing to do an absolutely opposite thing and to make us weaker. The temptation of Jesus in the wilderness offers a clear example of this principle. We know the devil came to Jesus in the wilderness on three different occasions, tempting him to turn away from the path of obedience to God. Matthew 4.1 tells us that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Now that's important this morning. Now who did the leading? The Holy Spirit did, right? That's God. So he led him, and the Bible says he led them into to do what? To be tempted by the devil. So, is this a contradiction of ideas? Of course not, this morning. Did God know what was going to happen to his son as he walked into the desert? Yes, he knew. 
He knew this was going to demonstrate what his son would do in the face of Parasimos. Was God, was God tempting his son? No. The enemy did the tempting. That's, that's clear there. But, if we're made true to the text this morning, was God putting his son in a place where his son could potentially be tempted by the devil? Well, the answer, of course, there is yes. Doesn't seem right, does it? Doesn't seem fair. Like, well, that doesn't seem fair. God, that's not right. That's, that's not cool this morning. God, what are you doing? But remember the power of tests. I, I wish there was another way. I wish I could learn without the school of hard knocks. Anybody else with, with me on that? I wish I could. You know what? I'm like you. I don't learn that well the school of hard knocks, without the school of hard knocks. I learn, and you learn, and we learn best in this force in the midst of tests. Testing our faith. Using the metal of our faith to walk forward and say, God, this is what I believe. I will believe it no matter what. No matter what comes, I will stand in your, in your, in your, your ways. I will trust you, and I will believe you. Those are tests. And those make us stronger. See, at this point, we got to stop and think carefully. God never directly solicits his children to sin or destruction. No way. I don't believe that. Scripture doesn't teach that. It's not him. The Scripture teaches that the enemy is the one that does that. But we live in a fallen world with fallen people, with fallen situations, and things happen in this world. And one of those things is the enemy does does. Does, does things, does parasimos in our lives to drag us away and to entice us and to tempt us away from what God's called us to do. For instance, suppose you lose your job. You could say, well, is God, did God make me lose my job? Well, no, he didn't. Again, fallen world, fallen situation. God did not make you lose your, lose your job, but God is testing you with the loss of your job to see, is, will you trust God through this difficult time? That's in one side. That's the parasimos right here. But the enemy can also use this to tempt you and to drag you and to pull you away from what God wants to do in your life. Very possible God may have a better job or a better situation for you. Or it's possible that your job was so good that you were starting to walk away from him and walk away from trust and walk away from faith and walk away from his presence. You were separating yourselves from his blessing. See, if a blessing becomes a thing that pulls us away from God, is the blessing still a blessing? See, that's the thing this morning is we got to realize that God knows us intimately and closely and completely. So that in this situation right here, God is giving us an opportunity to come out stronger, better, and healthier. Proverbs 22.1, it's my, 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 my grandma's favorite verse, was, A good name is better to be chosen than great riches. If that scripture is true this morning, God will do what it takes in our lives to to, to refine us and to challenge us and to make us men and women and people of character. We come come to those by parasimos. And the enemy knows that too and can pull us away as well. It works the other other way as well. Suppose you get a a good raise or you get a promotion. You know, you get a a raise, more money. I mean, life's good. Booyah, we're going to Sizzler to have some dinner tonight. We're excited about this. That also can be a parasimos, right? 
Because in that situation, uh, Parasimos could possibly be a blessing from God where he is teaching you how to be generous and faithful and kind and good with the resources. Or that same blessing could pull you away from God's presence and make you, uh, make you more, more inverted. It can make you more selfish, more prideful. It can blind you to less fortunate. See, Satan's bait and that Parasimos can make us, that blessing be a curse. It leads us from God's. So two conclusions today as we talk about this. The first one today is this. Testings and trials are a normal part of the Christian life. They are. Again, you say, that's not right. You know what? I'm with you on that. I don't like that. I don't like that they're a normal part of life, but they are. See, why would Jesus say, Lord, lead us not into temptation? Why? Because Jesus, the Bible says, was himself tempted. And felt the pain and felt the agony. Remember what he said. He said, Lord, let this cup be passed from me. If, if I can do anything else, Lord, I don't want to do this. And we're referring to his, his death on the cross. But of course, that was the way it had to be. So he went through it. Jesus knew the pain. Being fully man and fully God knew the pain of temptation. He wanted it any other way. So he's praying there. He's saying, God, I don't want to go into, into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. Because so often in our lives, the way we're delivered from evil is we're delivered by walking through and being victorious during Parasimos moments. They are part of God's curriculum. They are part of the school of grace. God does not offer a no-trials degree program. All of us, we tempted and tested in many ways. And the second conclusion today is this. A trial becomes a temptation when we respond wrongly. This message, this thought has caused me to see temptations and trials in my life in a different way. See, I don't see those moments where I'm tempted as just a moment where I'm tempted. I see it as a moment where the future hangs in the balance for me. It's that vital. It's that important. Do I choose God? Do I choose to pass this test? Or do I choose to fail this test and walk away from God? That's really how simple and how graphic and how huge it is. Temptations destroy. Trials heal. The, 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 the way that, that we separate between those two things is that we make the right decision. We do the wrong thing. We respond to the power of the flesh. We give in. What God means for good, Satan can mean for evil. And again, what's amazing is Jesus, Jesus gets this. Hebrews 4.15, he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. The King James Version says he was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Jesus is touched by the weakness of our feeble flesh. To say I feel your pain has become cliche, but in his case it was true. That's why Matthew 6.13 is so great and why Jesus models for us when we pray like this. Pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What's he saying this morning? My, my wife is a fantastic cook. She's a, a, a great cook. She is, uh, I'm blessed by her cooking so often. And one of the things she does well is she is a, a great canner. And uh, every year in, in the fall, we spend a, a lot of time in our house picking fruits and vegetables. We, we process them. We cut them up. We do all kinds of things with 
with these vegetables and fruits. And my wife, Ken's, we have a, a huge pantry in our basement of all kinds of good stuff. I mean, I have in my hand here some jalapenos. Um, I'm the only one that eats these in our house because they're pretty hot. Uh, I, I picked them. I picked way too many of them when we were uh, picking, picking fruits this year. And, and she canned them all for me, and I can't get enough of these things. They're amazing. Now, the thing is, the thing is this morning is I have some, some, some salsa here. I have some strawberry jam she made. I have some pizza sauce. In it by themselves, the vegetables in, this, in these jars here would, over the course of a few weeks would be gone. They would rot and they'd be gone and we'd forget about them and throw them away because that's the laws of nature, right? The law of nature says this will decay in time. However, this was made back in, in August and the reality is, is I could probably have this jar for the next two years. It will taste just as good two years ago than it does right now. Why? The law of preservation. My wife took the time and the efforts and the work to preserve these foods for us later down the road. When Jesus prays the prayer and says, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. When he's praying, he's, he's praying a prayer, encouraging us to pray a prayer of preservation. Lord Jesus, or Lord God, Preserve me through the trials. Lord, preserve me through the things. Lord, if I can learn any other way, then I want to. Lord, if I can learn by your word or by experience or by something other way, Lord, lead me not into temptation. Lead me not into parasimos. But if I do, deliver me. Preserve me. Help me to walk away from the evil one. What trials have you faced down in the last 10 years? If you are a believer, a strong, mature believer, hopefully today the trials you face today are different than they were 10 years ago. Why? Because God has preserved you through the trials, preserved you through the things, and taught you and grown you and made you who you are today. He's preserved you through that. What Jesus is telling us, he's saying, church, people, believer, my blessed person, you can ask God to help you walk through those trials. Because the reality is, when I've got a marshmallow staring at me in the face, I am a weak man. You too? I'm weak. It's tough. What if I prayed the prayer every single day, said, God, when I stare on a marshmallow, Lord, when I stare down a difficulty, when I stare down a parasimos, Lord, my prayer today is not just that I would just do my life and do my day. My day, my prayer, Lord, is if I can learn that any other way, please, that's what I want to do. That's the first part of his prayer. But Lord Jesus, if there's no other way, preserve me through trials. Preserve me through the storms and make it make it so I can enjoy the sweetness of your promise for years and years and years to come. If the band come up this morning and began to play for us today, God has given us so many promises in His Word. The enemy wants nothing more than to keep us either dejected and depressed or haughty and self-righteous and all about us. What will destroy God's plan in our lives, what will destroy the promises is those things. Lord, preserve me through the storms. Preserve me through the things. Lord, make it happen in my life so that I will come out on the other side victorious. And the Bible he says here to ask the Lord, Lord, deliver me. 
promise.